0: eternal life because of it. Well, we're going to continue on with our series that uh, we started at the beginning of the year, and it's a mini-series within a series, is kind of what this ended up becoming here, as we've been looking at the model prayer. Uh, we started, and this is going to be Matthew chapter 6, so if you want to take your Bible and turn there, uh, Matthew chapter number 6, and uh, I, I can't, I, I don't know why I thought I could do this, but I really did intend to finish this, this in one message. That was foolish thinking. <laughs> this is the fifth week in this series on this passage, and and I'm going fast, honestly. I really am, um, but uh, I thought I could do this in one, because I, I got all my notes ready, and you know, and uh, since since now we're just going to cover one little section of it, I I've expanded the notes a little bit for that section, but I was really thinking I could fly through all this. Well, there that that was not a thing. Um, Matthew chapter six. Um, let's go ahead and just pick it up in verse number nine. Uh, we've spent some time talking about five through eight there, but uh, verse nine just to bring us back up to speed on what we're talking about. Uh, Jesus here. Is, if you have a red-letter Bible, um, both of my pages here are all in red, meaning these are all the words of Christ. Uh, but verse 9 uh, through 13 is really what we're looking at. It says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then this is the last little section here that uh, we haven't covered yet, and that is, For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Uh, let's uh, let's have a word of prayer one more time before we uh, jump into this. Lord, uh, we do thank you for the opportunity to study uh, something that uh, a lot of us know about, and uh, we can talk about prayer, but uh, sometimes prayer is the hardest thing to actually do in the Christian life. Um, But Lord, you've given us the opportunity, you've opened up the avenue of prayer, we're thankful that you have, and uh, Lord, I pray that you wouldn't just teach us how to pray, but that through this uh, lesson tonight, that you would teach us to pray, and that uh, we would be faithful to uh, come before your presence and uh, we thank you for your goodness, and please guide and direct now in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, I was reading in, in my study for this today. I, I came across uh, uh, another pastor who had who was teaching through this, and he he shared a story. He said there's this lady in his church that uh, really just enjoyed every week talking to the pastor's wife, his wife, and so like every Monday she would call uh, her her. The, the pastor's wife there, and, he, and, and, and she just appreciated so much uh, the opportunity to visit with the pastor's wife uh, once a week for 15, 20 minutes, you know, and, uh, and every week uh, the pastor's wife would share with her husband really what the conversation was. She said, honestly, the only word I ever said was, hello. And then for the rest of the conversation, this lady in the church would just go on and on and on and would not allow the pastor's wife to say anything. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, we're, she was like, well, I'm glad that she thinks it's a great little relationship that we have. But to be honest, it's a one-way street. I'm only saying hello. And uh, what the pastor was trying to communicate and sharing that story was that prayer is not just a monologue, it's not meant for us to go for God to pick up the phone in prayer and say, "Hello, this is your heavenly Father." And us go, "Hey, great. <laughs> Goodbye." Prayer is meant to be a little bit of a dialogue. And as we go through the uh this model prayer, we we see that in a sense as we consider who God is, uh, when we go through this, and uh, I'm just gonna, and I really am honestly tonight, gonna go super fast through these first uh, few verses here because we've already covered them. But uh, again, just by way of review, we looked first of all at um, uh, the Lord's person uh, in verse number nine, our Father which art in heaven. Uh, that helps us to understand who we're talking to. Uh, yes, we are talking to our our Father, which Uh, um, speaks of our relationship with God. He is our Father, and that is a blessing. We can come to Him anytime, anywhere, for as long as we want. You don't have to have a special appointment. Uh, You do need to be saved to have that access. But, uh, But once you have that access, there's no blockout dates. There's no, like, you know... Uh, back in the day with the cell phone plans where, you know, it was like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or whatever it was. You remember those where it was like the, uh, I can't remember how they referred to those times, but if you called outside of that time, they charged you more for those minutes. Uh, God doesn't have anything like that. There's no, he's unlimited talk and text. Amen. <laughs> Ultimate data, to, or, uh, you know, he, unlimited data as well. Uh, but anyway, he, He's our Heavenly Father, we can come to Him, we, you know, you can come to Him while you're driving, you can come to Him uh, while you're laying there, uh, before you go to sleep, you can talk to Him as you're working, you can, you can pray anytime, and uh, it's, you can pray as long as you want. There's no, you know, okay, you got to hurry because I've got other people that are trying to get through here. No, God, God says, come to me, I'm your Father. But it also speaks of our reverence to God. Uh, as well, because it says, "Our Father, which art in heaven." So we should never be afraid to enter into His presence, and yet we must never forget in whose presence we are entering. Uh, does that make sense? See, we can come at any time; we we'll never be afraid to come into His presence, but we need to for- never forget who we are. Indeed, talking to it's the Lord of glory. So the first part talks about the Lord's person and. And when we pray that, it's the Lord speaking to us in some ways saying, Hey, uh, you remember who I am? I'm your father. I love you. I care for you. And uh, that that, that helps us to uh, have the right perspective as we come to him with all of our needs. He's our heavenly father. He's going to take care of us. Uh, Just like uh, those of us who are fathers, we're going to take care of our kids, uh, mostly. Um, but God takes care of us much better than we take care of our own kids, because um, my wife, good thing good thing, there's a mom in the situation where I am, right? Uh, our kids may not be around right now uh, if it was just for me, so I'm thankful for my wife, but okay, so the Lord's person, the Lord's praise is found in the next aspect, um, hallowed be thy name, and this speaks of his purity, his holiness, and it also speaks of uh, our petition where we're asking the Lord's, uh, for, for the Lord's name to be holy in my life and in the world around us. All right, hallowed be thy name. And then verse 10, we talk about the Lord's priority. The Lord's priority is that God would rule and reign. In verse 10, thy kingdom come. Uh, that his kingdom would, would be evident in my own life where I'm allowing God to rule and reign in Eric's heart where he gets to be on the throne and Eric gets the boot. A lot of times Eric likes to be in that spot, though, doesn't he? You don't have to say amen there, but it's true. I'll say amen because that's true. All right, so that God would rule and reign in Eric's life, but also in yours, and that God will rule and reign right now in this earth and this world. And then one day he will indeed physically rule and reign, and that will be a wonderful day. And then... Also, the Lord's priority speaks of uh, the fact that we would submit to his will. It's a request that we would submit to his will. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in in heaven, that I would be willing to submit to the will of God. Um, And this is, again, it's interesting, as I've pointed out several times as we've gone through this, these are things before we ever get to asking God for anything. Um, we're we're getting our heart right with God and our heart in the right spot and uh so a lot of times people look at God in prayer as you know your opportunity to ask your personal genie to help you out with whatever you're going through that, that's not that's not God he's God and so this model prayer is teaching us to get into the right frame of mind, the right perspective before we ever start asking for things all right then verse. Uh, Number 11 goes into number 4, the Lord's provision. It speaks of the Lord's provision. Give us this day our daily bread. And it speaks of our dependence upon the Lord, uh, that uh, we need to depend upon Him, and not on all the things that this world has to offer, not on our own talents, not on our job. We're depending upon Him. And when we come to Him with this request, it is showing that we are depending upon Him shows our dependence upon God. It also shows us our need to come daily to God. It's not just a once a once in a while, once when you're going through a difficult time. And I use the illustration when my, if if the only time I ever talked to my wife was when I needed something from her, do you think we would have a good marriage? If it was like, hey, when are you going to do my laundry? Can you do laundry for me today? And then a couple of weeks later, it's like, hey, yeah, I, I need some laundry again. That's the only conversation we have. And then, and then it's like, hey, when are you going to make me lunch? Can you make me lunch today? If that was the extent of our relationship, it wouldn't really be a wonderful marriage. I don't know that she would be all that thrilled with that type of a relationship. God also doesn't want us just to come to him when we have a crisis. Uh, he does, he's not 911. Okay, He's God. And a lot of times, the only time we ever pick up the phone to talk to God is when there's a 911 going on in our life. There needs to be a daily time where we come to Him on a daily basis. Give us this day our daily bread. Twice it talks about this day daily. In those just few words, uh, we see the emphasis on a daily situation. Okay. Then the Lord's patience is found in verse number 12. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And uh, this actually deals uh, big time with our fellowship with God. So much so that Jesus actually talks about it again after this prayer in verses 14 and 15. He talks about this concept of our fellowship with God. And if we're not willing to forgive those around us, then God's not going to be willing to restore that fellowship. Now, different than relationship. Our relationship settled at the cross. And uh, the moment we come to Christ... Uh, That relationship is secure, we're part of his family, we're his child, and nothing can sever that relationship. Our name's written in that permanent ink I talked about at the beginning of the service. However, uh, that fellowship that we have with God can be strained through our sin. And if we're not willing to forgive those who've hurt us, then God says, well, then you're asking for uh, a good, close fellowship with me. Uh, Not going to happen. Okay? There's going to be tension between God and us if we're not willing to forgive those who've hurt us. And so the Lord's patience is, is mentioned there. Uh, the last time we were in this series, or in this message um, in this passage, uh, we talked about uh, verse number 13, The first part of it, "Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. That's the Lord's protection. And uh, in this we learned that there should be a distrust of self that uh, we can indeed fall into sin, and we do need to pray this prayer. This is something worth praying. Uh, Great men and women have fallen into horrible sin, and you and I are no different. Uh, Our flesh is weak. Uh, The spirit may be willing, but the flesh is weak, and so we need to pray that. And there should be a desire to please the Lord. Okay, that brings us up to speed. I think I went through that faster than I ever have, all right? But the last uh, little section here of verse number 13, 13b, shows us the Lord's preeminence. The Lord's preeminence. At the end of the prayer, uh, the Lord says, take time to think about who God is and uh, what he is doing. Okay, let's break this down very quickly tonight. He says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Let's break these down into three uh, three aspects of God. For thine is the kingdom shows us that he is in control. It shows his control. The fact that thine is the kingdom, in and, and, and other words, he's in charge of this kingdom, and uh, he is doing a perfect job at being in charge of all that's going on. He's in complete control. Nahum uh, chapter 1 and verse number 3, it's not a verse that you hear all that often. But it's a verse that I discovered when I first got here and was studying for a different message. But uh, it really, uh, I've really come to really enjoy it and uh, really like it a lot. Nahum 1 3. And it says this The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. And then here's the part that I really like, especially when it comes to his control here it says, The Lord hath his way. In the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind, and we're in whirlwind territory here in Oklahoma, are we not? And uh, I know that there is some severe weather coming our way uh, a little later this week. Uh, that's always exciting when we're told to be weather aware. I love this time of year, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, there has been some whirlwinds that have taken place here in Oklahoma. But the Lord has his way in that whirlwind and in the storm. The storms that come into our lives that uh, we don't want, they're not welcome. We didn't like say, hey, Lord, could you please send a storm in my life? But the Lord does do that, and the Bible, the Bible says the Lord hath his way In that whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds of the dust of his feet. The Lord's in control when storms come into our life. Uh, Many times to teach us things, many times to uh, bring us closer to the Lord. Um, There's a number of reasons why the Lord uh, allows trials and tribulations in our lives. But even when things are in complete chaos, uh, God is in complete control. Do you remember uh, the, uh, the disciples that were in the boat and that storm came? And they were scared to death. They thought for sure they were a goner. Well, guess where Jesus was? He was doing my favorite Tuesday afternoon activity. He was taking a nap. Because there was chaos going on, but do you think it bothered Jesus one iota? No way. They, they insinuated that he didn't care. They said, Master, carest not that we perish? Insinuating that Jesus doesn't care about the storms that we go on in life. And, and uh, it couldn't be further from the truth, right? He gets up and says, Peace be still. Uh, the Lord is able and in control to take care of the chaos that's going on around us. Psalm 103 in verse 19. Uh, listen to this verse. The Lord is hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Psalm 22, verse 28, For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. Well, I thought Joe Biden was the president. Well, I mean, there's a little debate on that, on who's really the president right now, isn't there? <laughs> um but ultimately here it says, the kingdom, for the kingdom is the Lord's and he is the governor among the nations. Ultimately, he's overseeing what happens. So as a result, we need to trust him because he is in control. The captain of the ship looked into the dark night and saw faint lights in the distance. Immediately he told his signalmen to send a message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. Well, promptly, a return message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain was angry. His command had been ignored, so he sent a second message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. Soon, another message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am seaman third class Jones. Well, immediately, the captain sent a third message, knowing the fear it would evoke. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Then the reply came, Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. You see, when it comes to the Lord, you can keep telling God what to do, but God doesn't need to change. He's a rock. He's the rock. So as a result of his control, we need to trust him and submit to his authority. Let's stop fighting the Lord. And the only way to win the battle is to surrender to his authority and to his control. So here, here at the end of this prayer, uh, when we say, thine is the kingdom, we're saying, Lord, you're in control. And I'm going to trust you because you're in control. And then it goes on to say, for thine is the power. For thine is the power. And this shows us his ability. His ability, the fact that he has all power, the fact that he is able Ephesians three twenty says, "Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us." Matthew twenty eight eighteen, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, "All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth." The psalmist put it this way in Psalm sixty two in verse eleven. He said, "God has spoken once, twice have I heard this that power belongeth." Unto God. Um, I'm thankful. You know, I I saw this video the other day of this of this guy um, squatting, or I I think it was a squat. He squatted ten a thousand and five pounds. I mean, I can only do nine hundred and five, so I was pretty impressed. (laughs) But a thousand and five pounds. This guy gets on there, you know, and he has this little belt, and he had a couple people around him to help him. And, and he squats down and just and puts it up there. And, and I'm like, that's some serious power, but that's weak sauce compared to what God has in Himself. Right. Revelation 19, and verse number six says, I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, in the, as the voice of many waters, as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God. Omnipotent reigneth. Omnipotent means all power. And he reigns. Jeremiah 32, 17. Here's another verse. All Lord God. And I love this, what Jeremiah said here. All Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. And then he says at the end of that verse, and there is nothing too hard for thee. He said, when I think about the fact that you created everything in six little days, by the word of your mouth, he you know he, he didn't just like put it all together. It was, he just spoke it and it happened. That's how powerful our God is. And as a result, there's nothing too hard for thee. You say, oh yeah, well, you don't know about this issue in my life. That's too hard for God. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Uh, here's a couple statistics about uh, our, our world and everything. Um, the oceans of the world contain more than 340 quintillion gallons of water. And yet the Bible says in Isaiah 40 and verse 12, he holds them in the hollow of his hand. That's a lot of water. The earth weighs six sextillion metric tons, yet the Bible says God says it is but small dust of the balance. The known universe stretches more than 30 billion light years, which is 200 sextillion miles. But in Isaiah 40, in verse 12, it says, God measures it by the width of his hand. See, God is powerful that he was willing to do all that. And he's so big and nothing is too difficult for him. And so, as we come to this end of this prayer, when we say, For thine is the kingdom and the power, it, it's, it's reminding us that God is powerful enough to handle anything that comes into our life. Any type of financial issue, he's stronger than that. Any type of health issues, yeah. Okay, well, how about in laws moving to the state? Is God big enough to handle that? I'll let you know. I'll let you know, because <laughs> that's happening. This week, that's one of the big prayer requests we're going to mention here in a few moments. But uh, no, God is able to handle anything that comes into our life. Uh, He has all power, okay? And then here he says at the end of it, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Of course, that has to do with his glory. Uh, I wasn't real creative on that one, Um. He deserves all the credit. And a lot of times when we pray, we want the credit for praying. Well, I asked the Lord, and so, you know, that's why. Uh, no, God, God deserves all the credit, all the glory for all that takes place that's good in our life. And prayer is not about getting what you want. It's ultimately about God getting the glory He deserves. See the difference? Uh, Too often, prayer we think prayer is about me getting my wants and my needs answered. Now, ultimately, prayer is about God getting the glory He deserves. And that's why sometimes He says no. That's why sometimes He says wait. That's sometimes why He does say yes. Whatever will give Him the glory. Because He deserves it all. Revelation 4 and verse 10 says, The four and twenty elders uh, fall down before Him that sat on that throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So he deserves all the glory for all that takes place in prayer and as a result of prayer and for anything good that takes place in our life. He deserves the glory. In studying for this, I uh, came across um, an Old Testament reference that really pointed very similar to what we just covered. It's First Chronicles chapter twenty-nine. If you would, if you want to find that, I, I think you you would enjoy seeing this. First Chronicles twenty-nine, verse number ten. This is the uh, uh, David is taking up an offering for the temple. And in verse number 9, the Bible says, "Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly. So they they gave this offering, all the different things necessary for the, the construction of this temple. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly, because with a perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Verse 10 says, Wherefore, David, blessed the Lord before all the congregation. I mean, he was just so excited, and it was just a wonderful day, you know, with this huge offering. And so he said this, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. And then look at verse number 9. Does this not sound familiar to what we just read or studied in uh, at the end of this uh, model prayer? Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty, for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. And and uh, the prayer continues all the way down through verse 19. But those first few verses really do remind us of what we learned in Matthew 6, 13. Um, pretty interesting. Uh, a couple more uh, phrases, and then we're, we're, we're done with this prayer here. At the uh, end of verse 13, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Then there's three more words. F- the first two is Forever. Forever. You see, he always has been, is currently now, and always will be in control. So like tomorrow, you know, right now everything's going good in my life, but maybe tomorrow there's a trial. You know, she'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. When that trial comes around the mountain, uh, God will still be in control. God will still be powerful, and God still deserves glory. So forever, he always has been, is currently, and always will be in control, infinitely powerful, and worthy of all glory, forever. And then the last word is the word amen, not a woman, just so you know, um, I could not believe my ears when uh, that happened uh, a few weeks ago. When that uh, clergy member and uh, said that it was just hurt my ears. My ears were bleeding. Bleeding. Here's what "amen" stands for. It's not. It's not gender specific. Okay. Uh, It means to be firm. It means to be secure. To be true and faithful. It means, so be it. It means, I firmly agree. And so, when Jesus is saying that here, he says, and everything I said, I agree, let it be so. Uh, Let these things be true and faithful. And by the way, all of these things are true, whether or not you and I believe it, but it is a good thing that we do. It is a good thing that we would say amen to that. So are you really able to say amen to this Model prayer. Are you really uh, asking and saying, Lord, I want your will to be done in my life? Not my own will. I want your will to be done in Eric's life. And you put your name there. Uh, Would you say amen to that? I mean, we we say amen all the time in our Christianese. uh, But would you really say, Lord, um, I want your name to be hallowed in my life. I want you to rule and reign in my life. I want to submit to your will. Um, I want you to give me my daily bread. I want, I want to be a forgiver of those who wrong me. Um, I want you to indeed lead me not into temptation. Like I, I don't want to like keep the door open for me to walk into temptation. Uh, I want to stay away from all of that. Uh, would, would you say amen to all those things? Um, that's, that's what we're asking here. Now, as we wrap this up, we're going to cover some prayer requests in just a few moments. Uh, I came across this little uh, thing here on eight relationships found in this prayer. And this I'm going to just give us and throw them out. And then, uh, and then we'll be done tonight. But uh, the first one is the relationship between father and child. And verse number nine, our Father, which art in heaven. So... That uh, relationship is, is, is found there. The relationship, number two, between God and worshiper uh, with the phrase, hallowed be thy name, God and worshiper. The relationship is, uh, there's another one, between king and subject. And that is uh, verse number 10 where it says, thy kingdom come. Of course, we're the subject. We're subject unto him. He gets to call the shots. And then there's the fourth one, and that is master and servant, uh, where it says, thy will be done in earth as in heaven. Um, he is the master, and we're the servant. And Too often we, again, want to switch the roles, don't we? Uh, Lord, you need to do this. You need to do that, and, and make it snappy if you would. Uh, no. Uh, it's the other way around. And, and this relationship, when we pray along these lines, again, they don't have to be the exact words, obviously. Uh, we want to avoid vain repetition. Uh, but uh, when we s- get to this point, thy will be done in earth, it's not my will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It's his will that gets to be done. So master and servant, and then benefactor and suppliant. Course, I didn't come up with that word there. I'm copying it from somewhere else. But uh, when it says, Give us this day our daily bread, there's a relationship between the one who's giving and the one who's receiving. Uh, Number six is creditor and debtor. And that's found in verse number 12. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, We are the creditor, I'm sorry, God is the creditor and we're the debtor. But then that leads to the times when we, be, when we feel like we're the creditor. Someone owes us. Um, and then we need to forgive just as he uh, forgave us, according to Ephesians chapter 4. And then number seven, the relationship between guide and pilgrim. Uh, lead us not into temptation. And the last one is redeemer and redeemed. Uh, when we're supposed to pray, deliver us from evil. Um, so some interesting things there uh, that you can kind of take with you and study those out a little further if you'd like to. But uh, let's, uh, let's uh, wrap it up with uh, another word of prayer, and then we'll uh, cover some prayer requests tonight. Lord, thank you for allowing us to study uh, this uh, very important uh, passage of Scripture as we are looking at the blueprints of prayer this year. Uh, Lord, I feel like this was a good one to look at first. Um, and uh, I pray, Lord, you'd help us to learn the lessons and apply them to our prayer life, and uh, may our prayer life be better and uh, more pleasing to you as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you would... uh...